podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. An obvious choice and an obvious place to start would be Carlos Puyol at Barcelona, uh, Barca's longest serving, most successful captain. I mean, he you would have thought he's got to be in our top five, right? I mean, there are other Barcelona candidates, I guess. Can you can you think of anyone else who who might not uh, who might be able to knock Carlos Puyol off uh, the uh, Barcelona nominee nomination? Well, look, I mean, you only need to look at the last few years. Um... And, and, and go for the obvious choice, which is Leo Messi. Now, obviously, Leo Messi, in many ways, you could argue, doesn't fit that paradigm of a captain, isn't that leader. It, but then I, I think if you, t- if you look at the, the impact, you look at the way in which others kind of played towards him or, or, or played kind of... It's not even towards him, is it? Just sort of let him do it because he's the best. Messi did become, I think, a, a captain of sorts, if a, if a slightly unusual one. He did become someone who ended up talking more than he once would have done, who ended up taking a weight that, that perhaps previously in his career he wouldn't have done. So maybe Messi. There's that clip of him that was doing the rounds on social recently with Argentina giving the team talk just before. Which final was it? It was, it it was a recent final. Which final was quite won, a, I think. Yeah. Yes, which was quite a, a stirring kind of yep. speech. I mean, against Messi, I would say that, in, especially in the later years, some people felt like his influence was problematic on the dressing room was 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 really probably more negative than than positive. So I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I'd be yeah. surprised if if Messi was. A, I, just, I just think, obviously, given everything that he represents, his name at least has to be thrown in the ring. But I think he probably wouldn't be in the list. The obvious one, I suppose, from a Barcelona point of view, is is Alex Ankel who was the captain when they won the first European Cup in 1992, was the captain of the Dream Team. It's worth making a very important, um, adding a very important caveat here. In 1992, he didn't actually start that final. So Thubi Zareta was the captain. He came on, I think, with something like 10 minutes to go. Um, he did lift the cup, if I remember rightly. I hope I remember that rightly. But when you look at him, and let's go to that thing I was saying before about this idea of a captain as a, as a kind of trade union leader... Alex Anko is the guy that leads the famous mutiny at the Espedia Hotel, where the Barcelona squad together, all of them except three players, I think, one that was injured, um, was that Lopez, I think, who was injured, Bern Schuster, who, who decided not to turn up, and Gary Lineker, who was on international duty with England. Every other player was at this hotel, led by Alex Anko. He was there alongside Victor and, and Donny Zubizarreta as well, but he was the kind of the focal point of this, leading this challenge against the president because of the way that um, payments were being made, because of the way the players felt they had been treated. And they stood up and took on the club hierarchy with Alex Anko very much as the figurehead of that. What happens, obviously, after this, essentially, is this is the kind of the beginning of the end of the Luis Aragonés period. It ends up with um, Johan Cruyff coming in as, as manager and with the club basically cleaning out almost that entire squad. Right. One person they don't clean out is Alex Anko, but he's the first they want out. And it's Cruyff who says, now this is the guy that I want to be my captain. So I think this perhaps tells you something about his significance for what would become the best Barcelona team ever, at least until Guardiola turns up. Okay. Um, If you look at Barcelona's captains since 2000, it's quite an impressive list. Um, Sergi Barquan, notwithstanding, but you've got Pep Guardiola, uh, Luis Enrique, Carlos Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta, Messi and Busquets. So yeah. now uh, those last ones are obviously just about longevity, aren't they? They're the ones, the oldest player in the squad each time that the previous oldest player goes. Um, yes. In terms of a kind of construction of captaincy, as it were, I think Puyol is the best. Um, it, here's one thought for you. 
Is the embodiment of Puyol's captaincy that time that when he pulled apart? Um, was it the lighter? Uh, no, when he yeah. well, the lighter was a good one where he yeah. just someone afraid instead of making a thing of it, he just yeah. got rid of it. No, but when Dani Alves and Tiago Alcantara were dancing at Vallecas, oh, he yeah. goes and drags him out of there and says, "I've had enough of this nonsense. Yes. Stop it." That yes. was kind of the embodiment of Puyol yes. as, the, as the as the classic no nonsense, straight down the line leader. Uh, let's move on to, uh, to, to Real Madrid. And to, when we talk about Real Madrid captains, obviously Sergio Ramos is, is the one, certainly fresh in our minds, but there have been some very uh, impressive ones. Historically, Sydney, take us back, take us way back and, and talk to us to, about you know, some of the other ones. Well, the, the, the thing is that the, the, the three men that we really have to mention, uh, obviously the three men that won the European Cup, all of them in a way kind of don't count in this debate. And, and they don't count in a way precisely because of what I'm saying. There's three men who won those first five European Cups. And, and, and that sort of says to you there isn't a, a leading captain figure through this period. In fact, the leading figure, of course, through this period is Alfredo Stefano, really. Mm. Um, and so you've got Faraga, who who's captain for two of them. Alonso, who's the goalkeeper, who's the captain for two of them. Munoz, who I think in terms of his... Uh, significance is probably the, the biggest of these three who's the captain for two of those European Cups and so you, you look at these figures and you say well look if we're going to talk about Real Madrid's captains we kind of have to talk about the guys that won those European Cups but there isn't if you like a, a kind of a really really obvious choice there it's not like Di Stefano is the figure in terms of wearing the armband that, that the captains would be so so I think those guys possibly don't get included you can look at the, the captains in, in, the, in the 60s and running into the 70s in, in particular Thoko um, I think would be the one that would really be kind of the outstanding figure and, and I think would be the one that people were very fond of and, and, and really embrace the idea of what Real Madrid were. Piri as well, I, I think, had been captain for a period and this is very famously played on through a broken shoulder. Um, it became club doctor as well. So that, that's, that's quite a good candidacy for, for, for being a great captain. And then you come into a more modern era and you've mentioned Ramos and I think Ramos is obviously the standout candidate, but you can't ignore Raul uh, as a youth team player who came through and became, I think, more than anyone else, seen as this figurehead. In a way that Ramos, Ramos, um, how do you say this in English, exercised the figurehead role. Raul was seen as a sit figurehead, if you saw me. But Raul also had that. I don't don't see the difference. What do you mean? Well, so Raul was, we, we kind of projected onto Raul this idea of a symbolic captain. Ramos played the role of the symbolic captain. You know, the kind of mm. the on-the-pitch shouting what, Without stuff. actually being it? Or? No, while being it. While being it. Right. So, but what I mean is Raul wasn't a shouter. Raul wasn't a ranter. Raul wasn't a, a kind of chest-out sort of action man in the way that, that, that Sergio Ramos was. But he was a captain internally. Network.